We welcome Gisela to preach the word of God to us today. Amen. Uh, good morning, church. Good morning, everyone. It's such a blessing to be able to, to share with you um, this morning. And um, well, today, um, last, last time when I um, was preaching, I felt that there is a word that I needed. And so this one is also for me. Um, so I titled it Victory in Times of Suffering. And um, we're going to read three Bible verses. So first we'll read the whole chapter of Isaiah 53. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. And we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shearer it's silent. So he opened not his mouth, but by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And for this, his generation who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. And although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul wakes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and makes intercession for the transgressors. And now uh, we'll read First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler, 
Yet, if anyone suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their soul to a faithful creator while doing good. And then 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through, through it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Shall we pray just for a second? Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for your precious word. Thank you, Father, because you comfort us in our needs. You know exactly what we need, when we need it, how we need it, Lord. And today, Father, as we are gathered together, like many other of your children around the world, Father, we pray that you will speak into our spirits, speak into our lives, speak into our situation, Lord, and help us see, Father, that you will work things together for our good, Lord. Help us, Father, to trust in you, to know, Father, that you have everything in control, Lord. Help us, Father. Help us, we ask. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, as I said to you, I felt that this is a, a topic that's very close to my heart. Um, not because I enjoy it, but because I think we just sometimes go through it uh, at different times and at different seasons of our life. We go through suffering. We go through difficult times. We go through trials. And um, I think as a church, um, the, the past years have been uh, times of trials, difficult times. Um, and even now, um, what's happening with Pastor Rod is also a time for our faith that, uh, to be tested. And um, But something that I, I, I was able to see as I was uh, meditating on this topic is that there are things that God teaches us um, through trials, through tribulations, through suffering that you wouldn't learn otherwise unless you go through difficult times. That's what I, I entitled um, today's topic, victory in times of suffering. Not necessarily because that is the aim, to have victory. But because I think when things seem difficult, when everything seems that is um, maybe no way out, that's when we need to um, cry out to God and, and look at him and find that our support, that our strength, that our victory comes through him, because of him. So um, I, I think I've, I, I've shared this, um, say, no, it's not a saying, it's what a theologian said. His name was T.W. Tosa. He said, it is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. That is a really well quoted um, uh, quote, a quote that loads of people use, but I, I actually read on the other 
part that he, he shares. And he talks about the importance of maturity and growth. He then says, God actually rises up storms of conflict in relationships at, at times in order to accomplish that deeper work in our character. We cannot love our enemies in our own strength. This is graduate level, graduate level grace. Are you willing to enter this school? Are you willing to take the test? If you pass, you can expect to be elevated to a new level in the kingdom, for he brings us through these tests and preparations for greater, for greater use in the kingdom, but we must pass the test first. And, you know, as, as Christians, as um, disciples of Christ, one of the things that we need to learn, and we're always learning, it's to develop things in our character, to be a Christ-like Christian. And it's not an easy thing to do because um, it's true. How can we love our enemies if we don't have any? How can we pray for those who persecute us if no one persecutes us? And that, that, that makes a huge difference in our lives when God allows certain things to happen in our lives. And we learned that those things that are happening in our lives is because God wants to do something in us. It's because God is working something in me in spite of whatever's happening with that other person. And, you know, when, when we look at Isaiah 53, we see Jesus being described as a man of sorrows, as a man that has encountered with grief. And, you know, if, if Jesus, our master, was called a man of sorrows, if he experienced suffering, if, if that's part of what he, he did here on earth, then for us as his followers, as his disciples, then we can expect sufferings and trial as kind of part of our training, part of, of, of um, what we'll experience sooner or later. And, and sometimes uh, we have maybe an argument in our mind because sometimes we think, you know, when we become Christians and everything will be good, you know, we'll, everything should be joy and everything should be peace and everything should be just fine. Um, but that, that is not reality. It's not the reality because we live in a broken world. One of my teachers used to say that this is a broken world and it is but we are the, the children of light and we bring light into the darkness, but we couldn't be light if there was no darkness. If there is no darkness, the, can, the light cannot shine. We can only shine because there is darkness around us. Then people can see Jesus in us. It's an amazing thing. So one thing that happens uh, you know, in difficult times when everything looks bad, I think uh, we, we sometimes fit, uh, lose hope and things can be dark and, and things can be seen uh, as if there is no way out. And, and I think this is what I, you know, one, after we've gone through the sufferings, after we've gone and, and seen the difficulties that maybe we are facing, there are four things that we can expect when we go through suffering. There's four things that we will learn when we go through suffering. And you don't have to go out looking for to suffer. You know, it will come to you. It's not something that you want to go out and look for. It will happen. And when it does, remember what we just, what we just read. You know, uh, do not be surprised when the fiery trial comes upon you to test you. 
but rejoice, rejoice. Uh, not an easy thing to do when it happens, but remember, I know the Holy Spirit will remind you the words and I know the Holy Spirit will bring something in your spirit to keep you steady, to keep you calm, for you to face on the, the trial. Now, one of the first things that we learn or we can expect when we go through suffering is comfort. Because when you're going through a hard time, when you're going through a hard situation, it is a painful experience, painful in different ways. But I like what 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. It is the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us. It is God himself. When you're in trouble, it is God himself. When you're in, going through a painful experience, it is God himself who comes and comforts you. He knows you. He knows us. He knows how we are made. He knows when we're going through suffering, how broken we feel, how tough situation seems. And he comes to us, the Father, and he comforts us. He finds a way to comfort us. Psalms 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You know, I know you can all think of an experience in the past where you've gone through suffering. And you, might, you can't remember how God comforts you then. You, God can comfort us um, through people. You know, sometimes people that you've never met before um, might come to you. And they begin to share things that, that it sounds like, you know, you can identify with what they're telling you. That's God bringing comfort through people. God comforts us through his word, remembering when we read the Bible, remembering the promises he's given us, or maybe looking at a Bible verse and all of a sudden realizing, I never saw this verse in this way. God is talking to me and you know that God is telling you, have peace. Or you know that God is telling you, I am with you. Do not be afraid. But he also comforts us through songs. I can remember so many, many, many times how God has comforted me. When I praise him, he's comforting me and he's cleansing me and he's um, making me feel his presence. Um, and I like this really nice verse that I found in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, that says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves you. He will take great delight in you, in his love. He will not longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. God himself can sing a song over us to comfort us. And that's one of the first things he does when we go through difficult times. We need to be comforted. We need to feel at peace. We need to feel the love and the love that only God can give us. The second thing that we experience when we go through difficult times, through trials, um, it's compassion. 
when we're facing our own trials, when we're facing our own tribulations, where we are going through the valley of death ourselves, is when we learned what compassion really is. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. You know, if we could pray and get things, I think we would all pray and say, Lord, give me, um, p- give me um, patience and bloop, you will get it. That would be so easy because on the, all of a sudden you were an, a very impatient person and all of a sudden, just because you pray, now you are patient. You don't have to do anything about it. That would be amazing, but it doesn't happen like that. And it's the same thing with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with meekness, with patience. I think it's only in the trials, it's only in the difficult times that we actually learn to be compassionate to other people because we experience their pain, because we experience their hurt, that we're able to be more compassionate, we're able to to feel how they feel. And you know what happens sometimes in, in the trials and the tribulations, our heart becomes tender, our heart becomes soft. And then you're able to see, because sometimes our heart can be quite hard and sometimes we can be quite self-righteous and you know, easily to see everyone's fault, you know, everything that everybody's doing wrong. You know, uh, we can become disconnected with people because of our own pride or because you know, we think we got it all together. Um, but it's in time of brokenness that God breaks that religious spirit, you know, that judging spirit God did not call us to judge our brothers and sisters. God called us to be compassionate with one another, to bear one another. But you don't, you don't just learn it until you really go through trials. And that's something that I have learned. You know, when you go through difficult times, you're able to be more compassionate with other people. You're able to show grace because you receive grace. And that is an amazing experience to be able to understand because God gave me grace. Then I am able to give grace back to other people. Compassion. You're able to to feel the pain of another person because you also are feeling it. And, And only, you know, I will go back to what Paul says. Rejoice when you're going through trials. Not because what you're going through, it's something you should rejoice about, but becomes because of what you're going through, it's going to change something in your heart. Because of, of the pain that you're experiencing, it's going to break something in you to make you a better follower of Christ, to make you a better part of the body of Christ. Because we, are, we need each other. At different times, we need each other. The third thing that we learn when we're going through difficult times, when we're going through trials or tribulations, it's hope hope because you know sometimes the situation around us seem hopeless and seem like we are in a dark place romans 5 3 and 4 says more than that we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope philippians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 says brothers I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward 
to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. You know, many times when we're going through trials, the only thing we can see is hopelessness. It seems like everything around us is dark, everything around, like there is no way out of this situation because we're only looking at our level. And sometimes we, we, need, we need God to take us and to put us, to sit us with him in heavenly places so we can have a true view of what's happening. Because as I said a couple of weeks ago, with what you are, what you're going through at this moment, what right now is worrying you so much, will that be relevant next year? And then I think when we look things in perspective, we realize actually it will not, it will not. And then you realize when you're sitting with Christ on those heavenly places, then you realize actually this is only this time that God wants to do something in me. When we go through trials, this causes us to grow. This causes us to grow in hope, grow in compassion, grow in kindness. And it's in hope when we understand that God will work this out. When we have that hope back, when we have that fire of God back in our life, when we realize that actually I am a child of God and I am the light of the world and I am the salt of this earth. And so if it's darkness around me, if everything I can see is just darkness because I am a child of God, I am the light and I should shine brighter because all around me is darkness. And that changes something. And the last thing that um, um, going through trials, tribulation causes in us, and, and remember, we are in a constantly growing, constantly maturity. We are constantly going, um, um, just growing, growing as Christians. We're constantly growing. The last thing it, it causes in us is maturity. We're constantly going to grow up. In Christ, so it causes it causes maturity in us. That's the fourth thing. James chapter one verses two to four says, "Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces a steadfastness, and that let the steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing." Ephesians chapter four verse thirteen to fifteen says until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking truth in love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head into Christ. That's who we need to look up to. That's who we need to become, Christ-like, like Jesus, like, like him in, in everything that we do. But it's, it's a process. It's not something that happens because of a prayer. It's not something that happens because I really, really want it. It's not something that happens because I wish upon a star. It's actually something that takes place many times in difficult times. It would be easier if it didn't happen when it's hard. It would be easier if it happened when everything's good. But there are some times, like I said to you, sometimes a heart can be quite hard and 
and it softens, it gets soft when we go through trials, when we go through difficult times, because we're able to be more compassionate, because we are able to be, to look actually at our own situation, to look at our faults, to, to understand that we actually are broken, that we need God to change us, that we, no, we need God to fix us, that we need God in our lives. That's when grace becomes powerful in our life. And, you know, there's... Um, no, I, don't, I don't think any of us wants to go through suffering or trials or testing. I don't think that would be our prayer. But, you know, God allows certain situations in our life for us to grow, for us not to be stuck in the past. Many times the problems that we have now is because of things that happen in our past. We might be bitter because of things that happen in the past. We might be angry. We might be upset. You know, there may be unresolved issues that God wants to um, fix so that we can move on, so that we can carry on and, and become the, the man or woman that God wants you to be, that God knows you can be. Um, but sometimes, you know, we, we, if, if there is anger, bitterness, resentment in our hearts, those things do not let us grow. Those things hold us back from what God wants to do in our life. So we, we're constantly moving, we must move forward. We must mature to manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we just read in Ephesians. What is maturity? Maturity is being conformed to the image of Christ. That is maturity. And you know, at the end of the day, we can be sure of one thing, that whatever we're going through, uh, even if we don't understand why we're going through, and I can think of Job at this time. Job was a, a righteous man who loved God with all of his heart, who was actually a wealthy man, who had everything he, he, he needed humanly. He had, he had family, he had children, he had wealth, he had God. He, he was a man who loved God. You know, the Bible tells us that he will daily make sacrifices on behalf of his household, on behalf of his children. So he was really a man who loved God. Yet he went through a very, very difficult time. And I think, you know, if, if I had been Job, I would have preferred God to tell me, look, I'm going to... You're going to go through a difficult time, through a difficult season. You know, difficulties are going to come your way. I'm going to take away your children. I'm going to take away all of your wealth. I'm going to take all of your servants. I'm going to take everything away from you. I'm going to, you're going to go through a lot of suffering physically as well in your body. Um, but don't worry. At the end of it, I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to bless you seven times more. I think... Maybe that would have given hope a little bit. Sorry, it would have been it would have given Job a little bit of hope to to go through the trial, knowing that okay, at the end of this, something is going to happen. But God didn't do that to Job. God uh, God allowed Job to go through all of that. And I think maybe you know Job could be a great mirror for us, knowing that the things that we're going through right now. We don't understand, um, we might never do. I don't think Job ever understood or knew why God allowed him to go through those trials. Um, but he trusts God. He believed that God was doing something in his life and it made him mature. And it will be the same thing for us. We can also look at the life of Joseph. 
Joseph, as we know, was sold into slavery by his own brothers. Then he, he was in Egypt. God was blessing him in Potiphar's house. But then uh, Potiphar's wife sent him practically to jail. He was in jail. like He was in, in, in the worst situation ever. But then God, after he saw uh, the, the, the process that he wanted to do in Joseph, he kind of put him in a place that he was a blessing to his to the people who who hurt him, his own siblings, and I like what um, what uh, Joseph came to understand at the end of his life in Genesis chapter fifty, verse nineteen and twenty. He said to his brothers, "You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. But what is now being done, the saving of many lives. This." word really for me it's it's a powerful word because whoever it may be the situation the difficulties or maybe even a person they might intend to harm you they might intend to hurt you they might intend to end your life but you know something we can always trust god that god will turn it into our good god will use those things for his glory and, and, and in this, we are able to see Joseph. Joseph's faith had been tested in this trial, his persevering, and the end was maturity. And I hope God can see this also in us, that one day, as, you know, as the years go by, because it's not like this is a season of suffering and, and trials, and then after this is all good. You know, we go through seasons, just like, uh, you know, England goes through seasons. We have right now, in, we're in winter, but spring is coming and then summer is coming, but autumn will come again and winter will come again. So it's, it's a process and it's the same thing for us. You know, I, I don't know which season you like the most. I, for me, I enjoy summers. If summer could be all year round, I would love it. Uh, but, you know, I also like it when it's winter and when, we, when it snows, it's, uh, it's nice. Uh, it brings its own difficulties, but it's nice. But if I had to choose, I would choose summer. And I guess as Christians as well, if we had to choose, I would choose just victory, not suffering. If I had to choose, I would choose to be at peace and not when everything seems difficult around me. But I understand that when things are difficult, when we're going through difficult times, when suffering takes, takes place in our life, is when we actually learn to trust God trust him, really trust him. That's when we learn to, to pray like we've never prayed before. Because one thing is to pray and say, Lord, thank you for the food I'm about to eat. And a different thing is, Lord, thank you for the food you will bring to my table. It's a, two different types of prayer. And so I think it's the same thing with when we're going through difficult times. One thing is to pray, Lord, help me to bless my enemies than when you are being surrounded by your enemies. And let me just tell you something funny. Um, talking about enemies, we were so I think we were talking about Bible verse a while ago uh, with the kids. And then one of my kids, I'm not gonna say who, said, oh, I have, I have two enemies. And I looked at her and I said, oh, tell me, tell me about your enemies. And she said, yes, well, she's, She's, she's in, 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 she was in, in preschool. So she said, oh, 
so and so and I said why are they your enemies oh because you know so and so pushed me and so and so did this to me so I, I you know it was a good time to teach her to pray and to love those who hurt her but you know for us you know the people that we might call our enemies maybe really people who really want to harm us we have one common enemy the devil who really wants to take away our life, who really wants to shorten our life, who really wants to um, damage God's creation. And we are God's creation. So, you know, today I, I pray that may God bring a song over your life. May God bring a scripture or people over your life to bring you comfort, which is one of the things he will do. To, to give you compassion, to give you hope so you can become a mature Christian. Shall we pray and thank God for his precious word? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for your word. Father, your word encourages, your word um, gives us a sense of overcoming, Father. Even when things seem difficult around us, Lord, even when um, situations seem dark around us, Father, we can always trust, Father, that you will speak to us at the perfect moment, in the perfect time. And I pray right now, Father, for my brothers and sisters who are facing difficult times, Lord, uh, financially, emotionally, even physically, Lord. Um, you know, Father, when there is uh, financial situations happening, you know, we, we tend to look for ways that we can sort it out. Father, I pray that you will help them, whether it's the need of, of a job, whether it's the need of, of opening, opening up a new business or, or even give them the creativity for a new business or even bringing support in a different way, Lord. I pray that you will um, help them in this time. Father, um, if it's physical, Lord, Father, thank you for the doctors. Thank you for the medicine. But so, Lord, there are some situations where no doctors or no medicine can fix. And then we can only ask you, Lord, for you to change the circumstances. So, Father, I pray right now, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who need that type of help, who can only look at you and say, Lord, help me. Father, I pray that you will encourage them, that will you, you will relieve their pain, Lord, that you will send angels to protect them, to, to care for them, to comfort them, Father, comfort them in their need. Father, I pray um, uh, for their needs, Lord, uh, emotionally, Lord. You know our situation. You know how we are created. We are all different. Some of us are introverts. Some are extroverts. Some people, Father, are uh, in need of a hug, in need of comfort. Father, I pray right now, may your Holy Spirit right now come into every home and just bring that, that peace that we all need in this moment, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I pray, Father, that you will comfort us today and help us, Father, to become mature Christians, to grow to the stature of Christ, Lord, to be kind, to be compassionate, to be humble, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this time. We give you all glory and we give you all praise. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen.